Welcome to the interview with Jason Dodd, Southampton captain, leader, and I was a bit of a man in sport. This is a story of hard work, and as Jason explains later, no small amount of good fortune, even luck. But before we get to that, how did a teenager from Bath, who had dreams of playing professional cricket, end up playing for Southampton for 16 years? I was decent at cricket, so I represent Somerset from like under, under 12, so under 17. West of England, went for West of England trials, and then there were two lads, Pierre Holloway and Jeremy Hallett, who went on to represent the, the first team at Somerset. I was at this trial, and they were just miles, <laughs> miles ahead of me. I'm thinking, I don't think I'm going to be good enough to make it as a cricketer. Um, was that a surprise football, to you? Or was that a surprise well, to you? of course it was, because I thought I was bloody brilliant. Um, but obviously, yeah, I mean, when I, I suddenly realised, and, and the thing is, I had my mum and my nan that used to drive me all over the east and southwest, mate. We were in at Troro. We were all over the place, mate. I mean, parents and all that sort of thing put a lot of effort into into us. My mum ended up working in a sports shop. I got two brothers so that we could get cheaper kit. Now, we didn't used to get Adidas, but we used to get the next one in there. But my mum sacrificed, went to work in the sports shop just so that we would get cheaper sports gear and we were, we were up with everyone else. So it tells you a lot about my mum, about what she did for me. You know, you know what I mean? It's, that, that was the hardest thing for me. With cricket no longer a viable profession, Jason found himself playing football semi-professionally with Bath City. The thing is, when I first started, there was me and three other lads. We were the first non-league, what they're called scholars now, but they were YTS back then. So I was, I mean, I was offered to go for trials and that City and Bristol Road was fairly close, but i got to be honest, I was a bit of a mummy's boy. Loved the home life. was a little bit comfortable, if you know what I mean. So Bath City, getting involved there was just immense. After about six months I, of this apprenticeship as such, I'm thinking, I don't think it's going to be for me because, yeah, I mean, we trained on the Tuesday and Thursday evening because um, they were part-time or semi-pro at the time. And we were there during the day, so we would jump in a car um, and we would go up all down playing fields and we would be smashing. We had a goalkeeper. I was a played anywhere. We had a centre-half um, and we had a centre midfielder. We just used to smash balls. So we'd be out for hours. And then we'd come back and then we'd train with the, with the first team or the reserves on the Tuesday and the Thursday evening. We worked the turnstiles a couple of times. Scared the pants off me. Just working the turnstiles with the, with the away fans as well, which made it even worse. We did things like we had to put the programme together for Bath City. So on a Friday afternoon, we'd be stapling the programme together. So it was a real good learning curve. But then I was really lucky. I was in the first team quite early. So I got in the first team. Rod Ruddick was a Southampton skate. He said, come on, come on down for a trial, come on down for a trial. Now, I decided that I needed a proper job. So I was working, I was assistant commercial manager at Bath City, which was really, layman's terms, just a pitch. But we had a couple of old fellas that used to be in the centre of Bath in a little hut selling lottery tickets. So my job was to pick them up and put them in there and bring them and wheel out from the back of McDonald's. We like the, the little thing that they used to sit in. And I remember there was a couple of times where... 
I couldn't get the old chaps and that, or someone was poorly. I had to sit in it for like five hours. And I remember I've got a hat on, I mean, I'm undercover. And then I've clocked my mates and that, and I saw so I'm trying to hide down. And then I thought, oh, terrific, they've gone by. And with that, this thing's getting tipped all over the place. Money's going everywhere. I'm just getting ragdolled in this thing. But it's, it's, it's a great learning curve. It fascinates me that, you know, you, you, here you are, young, like the home life, you love cricket, but there's no one else sniffing around for you as a footballer other than Stone. No. There was no one after you. There was no one looking at yeah, you. Yeah, but, mate, flipping off, back in the late 80s, mate, like it is nowadays, flipping out. You turn up at a, a, an under-12 game and there's six states watching. Back then, mate, there was no one. Like, Rod Weddock, I think, did the whole um, of the West Country, I mean, on his own, um, till he did it. So, again, I was lucky that Rod somehow saw something in us. Um, and then and then it went from where. So, and, and I wasn't really pushing it, mate. I played for me, all my mates at Twerton Park from under, what, under 11s to under 16, 17s, and then went straight to Bath City, and I had great memories there, mate. But no, so, there's... there's it's quite, it's quite conceivable then that maybe you, you wouldn't have been a footballer, not because you weren't good enough. You might not have been picked. You weren't pushing it. It, it, it oh, could have no. not happened. Oh, luck plays a, a massive part. Luck, as in that the person that is looking at you sees something in you that fifty other people don't. Um, so it's it, it, it's luck. But then again, I look at it. I was lucky. I was given the opportunity. I had to check my job in. And I had to come down. If I hadn't been accepting the contract, I was out of work then. So it was like, look, I don't want to look myself in the mirror and go, I didn't give it a go. So it was a case of, okay, then I'm jacking the job in. Um, I'm going to come down here. And I gave it absolutely everything. Because then, and I say that to a lot of the boys, even at elite level, I said, boys, the worst thing about it is, if you have to look yourself in the mirror, you've been released or you've not done well enough. And the reason why you haven't done well enough is you haven't worked hard enough. Flipping out you're going to be thinking about that for the rest of your life. So for me, it was like, look, give everything. If I don't make the grade, fair enough. I know where my level is. And that's, I say that to a lot, especially in the league level, I say that a lot to them. I said, never, ever waste a session because somebody else isn't going to do like that. So don't waste a session. Um, and again, I go back to, I was lucky that I was given the opportunity and then I was lucky where... Um, what, what, sorry, Raymond got injured or suspended for a game and I'd only been for my first season as a pro and I think it was October, November time I was on the bench but only against York and again it, it was that luck but if Rod Reddick got us down there with Chris Nicholl, the manager it was meant to be a six week trial so I came down for six weeks flipping out it was certainly an iron I mean it was I mean I used to go back to my digs that were in Bedford Place I mean as soon as I headed the pillow I was fast asleep 12 hours up in the next day training again because I wasn't used to the training day management was right. immense it was just an absolute I mean godsend for me discipline hard as now but flipping out was he fair and the boys that we had playing back then the Jeff Kenners and uh, the Nicky Bangers um, Paul Masters we'd do anything for Dave let's take a quick trip back in time 30 years to 1988 and this clip of Saints youth away at Northampton Alan Shearer scoring, and in the background, you can hear the familiar Geordie twang of Dave Merrington.
things like you were in charge of two kits, so you get to the Dell, and you had two pros. I had Barry Horn, who was who was terrific. The boys were second year apprentices, so I came down in like January. Well, it was getting to the stage March, April time when they were told whether they were going to get a contract. So I was there for six weeks, and I was told, "Yep, yeah, you're going to get a year contract, but you have to wait for the other ten eleven boys to decide if they're going to get a deal or not." Well, you imagine everyone hated me because. I mean, as Chris Nick would describe me, I was a fat boy from Bath that turned up. And some of these boys had been at the club six years. And and the fat kid from Bath came in and he got offered a contract, just a standard one-year contract. But Dave was brilliant. I mean, we would, on a Friday afternoon, we had to clean the Dell. So you had different jobs that you were given. They would go around with it, checking for dust. And if he found dust, oh my God, we'd be around the track at the Dell running. We had a game the next morning. No, no, no. Standards. This is what it's about. It's like we'd lost the game. Dave's driving us back. I want you in at 6 o'clock in the morning. What? So we get in at 6 o'clock in the morning. He drives us down the docks. This is what proper work is about. Get out. My boots are out. I'm on the bottom of the day. You know what I mean? Little things like that. You think you, now yeah. you're like, oh my God, character building. The togetherness that we had, it probably helped. I listened to Glenn Cockrell when he did your podcast. Hold on, let's just rewind. Did Jason say you listened to my podcast? I listened to Glenn Cockrell when he did your podcast. Well, well, we going, going there first, I imagine, you know, young, how, how intimidating were some of the, uh, there's a lot of senior pros there. How did you feel? Oh, mate, well, that's some scholars, mate. You used to run in the dressing room, quickly put your kit out for your pro with your boots and quickly get out. And if you got eight without getting a jab in the head or getting ragged in the corner, um, then you've done well, mate. So, but who, who, like might, who, who might you get, get a kick around the air from? Who might oh, do it? Hell. John Burridge used to scare, he's, well, he still does, he used to scare the pants off me. I had senior players in that dressing room. Well, just because, I mean, when he used to train, the boys used to wind him up, so they used to try and chip him and things like that. He'd run after him, mate. If they chipped to go and they're like, we're here, and you imagine me, I'm at the tears. He did it on a regular basis. Well, John Burridge just chasing them, ready to beat the shit out of them. Um, so, you know what I mean? It was like flipping, it was going on, and I, there's a fat boy from Bath turned up. I'm like, what the hell is going on here? But it was immense. Russell Osmond, Kevin Moore, Mickey Adams, Glenn Cockle, Jimmy Cage, Paul Wider, flipping hell, man. So for the younger ones, the Shearers, the Wallaces, um, and me and Tears and things that matter, Tommy Weird, all these boys, flipping, how lucky were we? Because we came into a dressing room that had some wonderful players, which helps, but really nice chaps, like really good fellas that, that, that were able, that were not threatened by these young pups coming in. They could realise that we could make them a better team. And I think that first year, we could have finished third, I think. In the end, we finished about sixth, which was like, for a club like Stanhampton, it's just immense. Ray Wallace getting injured and talking about luck. When you came in, would you look at him and think, I'm better than him? I'm better than Ray no. Wallace. So- no chance. Ray was a lovely fella. All the Wallace boys. And that, it was, like I said, it wasn't like that. You know I mean, there wasn't like Jerry Forrest was the senior um, right back at the time. What a lovely fella. You know I mean, he couldn't do enough for me. Or Ray. And we were the ones that were threatening. In theory, you look about it, we were threatening his livelihood because we were coming in and we were the right-backs. Yeah, that wouldn't be normal in football, though. Normally, I would imagine normally it would be more intimidating, right? 
They'd be oh, people. Totally. Oh, mate, I've seen it like the, 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 the latter in the career, where <clears throat> new players have come in and players felt threatened. And that, they put them up in the air in training, and they'd be rocks the law. I mean, that was normal. Um, like in, in the nineties, like all through the night, that was normal, mate. Because in theory, this this was your livelihood. So if yeah. someone's coming in taking your place, you've got a lot of these people by then. They've got families. It's affecting your family life as well. So we were lucky, I think, at Southampton that we had some wonderful senior pros, um, but not just wonderful men, but bloody good players, mate. And that helped because they had to up our game. Because um, for the first two years, mate, all I did was just watch. I was too scared to say anything. Um, and I just watched and I learned so much how to be a professional. Hey, of course, there's some things that, that you, you don't take on board. Um, I didn't drink for, for the first few years. I just didn't like it. 91 quid take home. And I've got a whip of 500 quid in the hand. And I'm like, what the hell's going on here? Um, but it was just because I didn't drink, so I was in charge of the whip, and we'd have little, little jolly-ups away for a couple of days and that, team bonding and things. My God, I mean, all I did for two years was listen and learn, and I took that into, obviously, the rest of the career and the coaching as well. That was the culture of the game then. You know I mean, you play hard on the Saturday, you go out and you do your best, and you'd be out, and there would be 15 lads out having a beer. You know what I mean? So if you had problems, it would be solved. They'd have a work and all that sort of thing. We forgot about it on a Monday and you'd be cracking on. It was, I'm not saying it was right, mate, but it was, that was the norm. Saturday, boys would be out and it wouldn't just be um, one or two. Everyone would be out. Everyone would be for the meal and things like that. And, and especially early 90s, when I was about 24, 5, 6, when we had like Jim McGilton and all that there, we'd have a game of golf, but there wouldn't be a couple. There'd be eight, ten of us. Like playing golf, so we were we were friends as well as work colleagues, and I think that's that's what stood us in good stead and, and, and made well, us decent. If I'm honest, maybe that was the maybe that was the difference of what, how we did in the nineties with the limited resources and not exactly. And and it, so in theory, I bring that into what I do now. It's about a team. It's about togetherness. Now we're going to win it on our own. If you're not a team and you're not together, then. You know what I mean? You ain't going to have success. And like in them early 90s, if you'd have looked at our squad and on paper, you'd have thought, Phew. you know what I mean? And for the first three, four, five years, it was like we were always the favourites to go down. Well, flipping out, what an incentive that was. That just stoked the fire for us. And we had characters in there that, that yeah, we were, we were okay players, but flipping out, we knew that if we worked together, we were decent um, and that we would cause teams' problem. And that's what we did. I mean, did you, you, I've read you've often made light of the fact that you were fortunate and you weren't the best player, but what, what I'd like to ask you is, you, you, you had 16 years pretty much in the top league, the Premier League, the old yep. first division, so you must have something about you. I mean, do you, yeah. do you look at your mentality? What do you think your your main attributes well, are as a player and a player? Yeah, I, I know, well, I know what I'm good at, because um, I was decent on the ball, um, I had decent delivery. Do you know what I, I worked fucking hard. I mean, that was my mentality. I knew, I knew, I knew what my strengths were, I knew what my weaknesses were. I mean, my mates take the piss at me now. I know that caravan dodgy because say, so I want the quickest. I want the slowest, but I want the quickest. But smarter than a lot of others. So I'd be in the right position. So I, I knew, I read the game reasonably well. So I wouldn't get isolated. And you're playing against Mark Overmars, who's rapido. 
Well, he didn't whip me apart too many times because my body position and my positioning was really good. Um, so you might get some people that are quick that are all over the place. So I knew what I was good at. But the most important thing, mate, I'm not going to lie, fucking hell, did I work hard. There weren't too many other people. I used to go on holiday, as you do in your little break. Every other day I'd be running. Not like a Fanny Denali. Um, but, yeah, I'd be having a good time on holiday, but I'm getting ready for pre-season. The season's finished. I'm having a holiday and I'm having a chill, but I'm making sure that who else is going to... And he used to do it at 12 o'clock in the day because he's got his part of the day. Who else you, is you, running you, at 12 o'clock? You, you, were, you were training for pre-season. Yeah. So I, mean, I was who, having a holiday, but I was getting myself... I was desperate to get back in there. Who would be the fittest ones at the, at the cross-country runs back in the 90s? Would you well, be in the there? early ones. Well, the early ones were Fanny B. I was probably middle of the pack. So you look in, you say there was a squad of 20. I was around 6, 7, 8, something like that, as in fit-wise, as in football fit. Luckily, in my career, a lot of the operations I had was in summer. So I was able to get through and then have operations and that. So I didn't miss many games. I don't want to miss games. Simple as that, and and then what Gordon's it, it was great for me. Gordon Strachan came in, lovely lad called Paul Telford, fittest player ever. Um, and um, Gordon brought him in because he just set the tone for everyone else. There's there's your challenge. I mean, look at this. No one's anywhere near him, but for someone like Strachan, those three or four five years were immense. I was probably the fittest I've ever been. So around about twenty eight, twenty nine, thirty. I do remember that he did come in and boost the fitness, right? Oh, boost the fitness, he'd run the shit out of us, mate. Um, but it was football related, so it was all related to the game and that. But we were, Danny Higginbottom turned up once and bought him from Derby, and he was like, Yeah, I'm one of the fittest Derby. We used to do these things on a Monday morning, these 13, 15, 17 seconders, and then 7 and 10 second ones. Uh, mate, he was on his arse. Um, and it took him, after about six weeks, and he'd been used to the training, he got right up to speed. So, Strachan was like football related, um, fitness. And do you know what? It was, and people, people were expecting us to blow up in January, February because we worked so hard. But flipping out, mate, we felt immense. And we just, I mean, the last 10, 15 minutes of games, we're like, we know we're as fit as we can ever be. We're, this is when we come into our own. So even though I'm the biggest moaner and I used to moan nonstop, I loved it at the same time because I knew that this is what I needed. And I knew I, I had to be, because I was 28, 29, 30. So, you know what, people, when they get to that sort of age, people think, oh, their legs are starting to go, which is a load of shite if you look after yourself. But that's what people think. So I don't want people to be thinking that about me. So you tended to do a little bit more. And, and, and I try and get that across to the lads I work with now. Work as hard as you can, flipping out. Yeah. Um, it's quite an easy thing to do, mate. Yeah, I mean, if you're technically short in some areas, then you're going to struggle. But if someone says, oh, you're not fit enough, flipping out, pack up the game. Now you, I was looking at the stats, Jason. I mean, pretty much every season you're racking up 30 to 40 games. There's only one season, I think 93, 94, down to less than 10 games. I'm guessing Jeff Kenner was playing a lot. Yeah, what, and I, I think I had the first of many operations then as well. I think, um, but, mate, that still gives me the ump. Because exactly what you just said then, mate, I'm, I wanted to be in the top three appearances every season. That's what I was looking for. You know, I mean, I ain't going to shit resting for this game. So that, I want to be the one. And it's same silly. I used to look at it. Programs in January, February, March. How many appearances about it? Who's got more than me? What have I got to do? 
So how would, you, how, would you, how would you deal with that, Jason? If you're, say, for example, Jeff Kenner was playing at the time, maybe you were injured. I mean, I'm guessing then it was a lot of reserve team football. Are you banging on the manager's door? Are you trying to do more nah. in training? How do you approach it? Well, exactly that. Yeah, I mean, there's no point in going and smack on the manager's door because, one, I was scared shitless Chris Nichols, so I wouldn't go and do that. But, two, it's like, obviously, Jeff was a really good player. So it wasn't the case of Chris Nichols wrong, he's not picking me. It was a case of Jeff's looking decent. I've got up my game. I've got to be better. Yeah. I'm not bothered about whether the manager's wrong. Um, if, if the manager's made the decision, fine. Okay, I've got to prove him wrong. And I think that, that, that stood me in good stead. Like I said, I was there a long time. I had, I think, 13 different managers. I was captain for a, a big chunk of that time. Manager comes in, they make changes. So there's my, every time a new manager came in, there's my incentive. Flipping out. I'd be the easy one to get rid of because I was the captain of the last manager. So that was another incentive for me. Okay, then I've got to prove to this fella. Um, but I am decent, and why I'm captain is for X, Y, and Z, and I've got to prove it to him. So sometimes it's good. It's horrible when a manager loses his job, mate, because in my opinion, a lot of it is down to the players, because the players aren't performing. You can, you can put it down to, say, um, the, the tactical stuff and all things. For me, that's an easy target. At the end of the day, he might have had a little bit of unlock. He might have had key players, good players, injured, all these sort of factors. Um, but for me, a manager gets a boot because you're not winning games. So who wins the games? The players. Yeah. So it's not all that, mate, but it's some of it. So in theory, again, that would be an incentive for me. I want to play as many games as I can. I don't want to rest. What do I need to rest for? I can rest in bed. Um, yeah, I mean, and, and I find that hard now. I know the game's changed and things because, I mean, I finished years ago. But for me, I find it really hard when... Your squad player. I'm like, what the hell's a squad player? I mean, I'd be pulling my hair out if I was playing now, mate. I want to play every game. Chris Nichol was sacked. Ian Brownfoot came in, and he, he had a hard time. What was it like playing during that era? Because Saints fans got pretty nasty with him. Well, the horrible thing was, mate, he was such a, he was a lovely, lovely fella, right? And the thing is, we got sucked into... Oh, uh, Brownie, his style of football is it's just all long ball. It's all long ball. But the reality is, us as players, it wasn't. It was, it was specific areas in to, to hit. So it was, I mean, but it wasn't open your foot out and just smash it. You targeted key areas. Now, now, if it was a Guardiola or a Mourinho, people would be like, oh, my God, that's the way to go. It's brilliant. But, I mean, he got tired with that brush early, and then it was really, really difficult for him then um, to get away from that. Um, and I think that was the hardest thing for him. It's really hard for him to get away because everyone was assuming that we were long ball. But to be fair, we were not. And if I'm honest, that was, a, it was really disappointing for me because, I mean, I, I've got a lot of time for him. And, and, and in theory, if it was that he just wanted us to smash the ball, um, then I'd be saying it. I'd be saying, yeah, all he wanted me to do was hook my foot and just smash it somehow. But he didn't. But he got tired with it, and he, I guess especially the press nowadays, but not so much back then, but then supporters, oh my God, all we're doing is smashing it, we want to play, we're used to playing. And it was really harsh, and, and, he, and he also got, and the family and that as well, a lot, a lot of stick. And I mean, this is, this is your manager, and it, was, it wasn't a very nice time, if I'm honest, to be playing, because 
I mean, I'm trying to do my best so that he's not getting all this stick. Um, yeah. And and again, it's a results business, and we won't get results. So you can I can understand I can understand the support's frustrations, but if you'd have been in the environment, you'd have realised that it wasn't all about just smashing it and just getting up the field. It wasn't like that at all. But he was just tired of that push, and it, it got to the stage where whatever he did didn't really matter because everything would go back to. And all we do is smash it. So it, it was really tough for them. And, and that said, it, and I, to be fair, I felt it was harsh, but I understand the reasons why why they wanted to change, and that, that, that's football. I mean, you played throughout the entire, the 80s, 2000s, the entire 90s. So many good players in the Premier League. Who did you think, who, who did you go to bed thinking, oh, goodness me, he's given me a hard time. Who, who, was, who made you look a fool, if ever? Do you know what, mate? I never ever went to bed in there. I went to bed thinking, I'm playing against one gigs tomorrow. I've got to get my arse in gear. I know what his strength is. I'd have, I'd have done my homework on the players that we were playing against. Um, and I was ready. Now, I mean, it, it wasn't the case where, I mean, cause I think, in fact, tell a lie, once I did that, we're playing Man United, right? And up at Old Trafford, and Gigi went there. I'm thinking, different players. Who's going to play this? So team come out, and we couldn't really work out who's going to play out on the left. And then it was transpired that, yeah, it's got to be Skulls. He'll go in that left channel. So I'm thinking, yeah, I'm about as quick as him. So this is going to be terrific today. I'm going to get lots of ball. I'm going to play the game. He's going to get by me. I'm going to have him in the pocket. Um, you know what I mean? It's going to be great. Fucking couldn't get near him. Couldn't get near him. Um, and it, I mean, and that told me what a, an amazing player he was. But what do you mean, Jason? Then, you, couldn't, you couldn't get near him? Well, I couldn't get near him. His touch? Well, exactly. If I went short, I mean, he'd go somewhere else and he'd go, he'd go in different areas. I used to know where Ryan Giggs would go. So I knew where his strengths were, where his weaknesses Where Someone like Paul Scholes, I just couldn't, I couldn't get near him. So if I go tight, he's, he was clever enough to suck me in to create space for someone else. So then I was thinking, shit, I can't go in there because I know why he's sucking me in there now is to get someone in there. So I'm like, shit, what am I going to do? So, you know, I mean, it, it just, I'm thinking this player is well ahead of me about his body position, about where to go, about sucking people in. Um, so that, I think it was after that, I suddenly thought, look, I ain't going to worry too much about whoever it is I'm going to play. Whoever I'm playing against is going to be very, very good because they're playing in the, in the best division, uh, sorry, in the best league in the world. So they're going to be really, really good. Okay, then, let's just focus on what we're at. We're about as a team and what I'm about as an individual, and then not worry too much about, about I mean, the, the great players that I was playing against. Yeah, well, that just yeah, explains to me your mentality. I guess that was pretty crucial at the at the time. We didn't have a lot of money to spend, and we had to work very hard as a team. Yeah, totally, and we did. And, and to be fair, you look back and... and we, we, we did, hey, we batted well above our station over many years. And, and you put that down to maybe that was good recruiting because, yeah, I mean, certain players that came in that struggled and were, and were got rid of quite quickly. Um, because, I mean, they, they couldn't adapt to, to where we were. A lot of the players that were there at the club, like you mentioned, like Tiz and Franny, been there a long, long time. They knew the mentality. Lots of, like, players, players were there for three, four, five years rather than just one or two. Um, so more or less explained about obviously the mentality of the players that, that, that were brought into the club if we were spending money or we were bringing players in they had to make sure that they made a difference because we didn't have that much money to spend 
Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. And you know, you scored a few goals in your time, Jason. I mean, uh, no, no, stop taking the piss, Mark. You know what I mean? I scored thirteen <laughs> goals. So don't get carried away making out I'm some sort of goal scorer. <laughs> no, but uh, there was there was a few in there for a fullback. Long. I mean, it was 15, 16 years, and it must have been 
Moving to St Mary's must have been pretty weird after all those years at Adele. Yeah, but again, I go back to what we spoke about a little bit earlier. I used it as, like, I was very, very, very lucky um, uh, to get a testimonial, um, which was just immense. Um, I could have waited um, and gone to the state and the new stadium because I had contracts and things like that. So I could have waited to go there. But for me, it was a case of, look, this is like a new start for me now. I have had, how many was it, 13 wonderful years at the Dell. And, you know what I mean, shall I wait? But I thought, no, it closes a chapter for me. So, in theory, I go, to the De- I go from the Dell to the new stadium. So, in theory, if I have a testimonial there, and it, mate, it wasn't about money. It was about, I mean, if it was about money, then I would have waited to go to the new stadium. Because the new stadium was three times as big. It was about finishing off a very, very wonderful time for me I'm very lucky to have played a, 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 a wonderful football club like that for so long so then it was a time okay then let's finish a chapter then and then I've got to start grafting then and earning contracts to stay in the new stadium so for me it was, it was wonderful because it was I saw it as okay this is the end of chapter of my career at the Dell have a wonderful evening and, and the support was just immense and it was like, okay, then let's finish this and let's move on to a new chapter. And that was why, how I looked at it. And then, then it's up to me then. I've got a graph now, keep learning contracts to be playing in, in a wonderful new stadium. Disappointment and having like, trying to overcome it is a big part of, well, all life, but very much as a footballer with such a short career. And sadly, you, you missed the FA Cup final in 2003. Was there, was there ever any chance of you... Of, I mean, obviously, you were trying like mad to get fit. When did it Mate, dawn on you that you, you, it wasn't going to happen? Well, when I was fucking on crutches and I was thinking, you know I mean, this isn't going to be for me. But it tells you a little bit about, I mean, I played in some of the previous range. Gordon Strachan's the manager. I'd had an operation. Back then, you had like a, uh, all the media stuff. You'd have a pool, a, pool, a money pool, and it would be split between, obviously, all the squad that played in the cup final. So myself and the lad called Rory did that were not, were I injured? Uh, the manager pulled a meeting and said, look, I think it's only fair if um, Dodgy and uh, Roy are involved in the squad. They helped us get to this cup final. He involved us the whole way. We went down on the couple of days before. We went down, um, stayed in the hotel, made us feel worthy. We were quite vocal people as well. So we were 100%, 100% behind the boys. I mean, that was what it was about. So, yeah, it was, it was hard. Because there's any date of final, I bloody missed through injury and that as well. So it just so happened I'd miss that one because I'd had an operation and that as well. But but then again, I mean, we were involved. I was desperate for us to win the game. And that said, on the whole, to be fair, playing against a really good Arsenal side, you'd have to say that, I mean, it was going to be a big ass anyway. But from our point of view, mate, I thought, I mean, to lose one will, we, we were in the game. Um... But I was still lucky enough, like all the supporters that went down there, I was still lucky enough to be involved. I mean, as you imagine, you're missing the cup final. Of course it's going to be. You know, you're on suicide watch, mate, because it's horrendous. But for my there, point you're there, you're, you're there, you're there, you're there, you're suited and booted. It'd be, you'd be forgiven, it'd be easy to sort of drift off. But you, you, you sort of made the decision to, right, I'm going to, I'm going to make the cup final. 
Oh my God, I'm 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 here to help. I'm here, I want to win this. I don't even I'm, I'm not on the pitch. Well, I might not be on the pitch, but I'm still part of these boys. And that like said, I'm not moping around in the dressing room, but I was probably more hypo than everyone else. You know what I mean? Because I I, I wanted this to do so well. Again, that was just my mentality and the, and the group of players that we had there. That was what it was about. It was a, it was a togetherness, and and we were close, but we just obviously. The bottom line is, I mean, they, they were better than us in the end. As simple as that. But they're very, they're a very good Arsenal team, wasn't it? I think we had one off the line at the end, didn't we? Was it from BT or Auburn? Yeah, I mean, they, it was, mm-hmm. they were a great team. They, it was they, a great they atmosphere were. that day. You know, the the atmosphere was fantastic. Like I said, and I was lucky enough to go out on the pitch. Um, and, and obviously, a lot of my family travelled all over the country to see me. So I was still able to get them and see them and give them a wave and things. You mentioned, uh, you know, you had a few injuries. You had, you had a few managers, certainly. And by yeah. towards the end, the end of your career, it was Harry Redknapp. And looking back, you know, we, we had a decent, we had some decent players that season. Savvy went down. You had a, a few injuries. That must have been not the way you wanted to sign off. Oh, ob- mate, obviously. It was horrendous. Horrendous. And that's why, like around the Christmas time, like I said, I'm like, look, I mean, I'm not in the side. I mean, no matter what I would do, I would get in the side. Totally understand. That's how he's called. Um, he's the manager. He decides it. I ain't just sitting about me. I ain't just going in and p- um, picking up a couple of pennies and then um, doing nothing. I want to be. I mean, I want to play. I still felt I had something to give. Um, so that's why I went down Plymouth. I went down Plymouth for, what, six weeks or whatever. Loved it. Just because I was playing. Yeah. And, and I was getting... I wasn't stupid, mate. I was getting to the end of my career. So I wanted to get in as many games as I can. Um, and that was the reason The reason why. And fair play to Harry. He's, he's, I'm front door, mate. I'm honest. He's like, look, you're in the play. Um, I want him to play in front of you, blah, blah, blah. Great. Do you mind if I go out and load? No. Which is brilliant. Some managers now, you can just stay and be a pain in the ass and what. He was like, no, 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 totally understand. Yep, sort some out. So I managed to get... So that. It, was so straight, it, it was straight as that. No mess up about. Oh, well, th- 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 I like that. That's. Th- I mean, I'm not going in there going, I can't believe you're not playing me, boss. And then you go, well, no, he's made the call. At the end of the day, he's the manager. I, I mean, if I don't like it, fine. If I don't like it, what can I do about it? Well, I can yeah. go out and I can play. So if I went in there and I was a pain in the ass, what do you think he would have done? I'm just going to let him rot here and be a pain in the ass to him. So if yeah. you go in and say, look, boss, I want to play. Totally understand you're not going to play me. Blah, 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 blah. Well, mate, he was brilliant. So I was 34, nearly 35. So, mate, I didn't have too many years left. So I wanted to play. So there was the case of, look, I mean, I, I ain't going to play. It's the old cliche, Jason, you know, you, you, but footballers' life is so short and it must be so hard packing in because you, you give, say you're 35 and you pack in, you're still a young man. Yeah. You're finished. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I mean, how, how did you find it? How, was it? Was it tough for you? Well, I, I, to, be, to be fair, so the following year, I went to Brighton. So I went to yep. Brighton for a year. Loved it. We were at the Wiv Dean, so it was something similar to, to like what the Dell was like. <laughs> Like a junior um, Dell, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so we're, we're Dean and I, and I loved it. I used to class share with a, um ugly man called Guy Butters. Um, <laughs> and we used to, he, li- he lived close to me, so we used to get up the Sainsbury's agenda and we used to car share most days. But again, I kept having problems with my back, what was like 35, and I, I kept, yeah, I mean, I only played about 
I think six or eight games. I was on the bench for about 30 games or something stupid like that. But I didn't play as many games. Um, so that was disappointing. But whether it was the travel, I'm not sure. So, I mean, I was a little bit gutted because I want to get more involved. So then the following pre-season, Mark McGee was the manager. You said that Strachan was harsh on the well end. Flipping out, this fella blew us away. Um, and I did pre-season. Um, felt amazing. Was right up there. Lad called Richard Carpenter and Charlie Oakway and Danik Pite and lovely older fellas like me. They had the same man- mentality as me. Priests, we're going to smash these young kids. We're going to like show them what we're about. I was the fittest I've ever been. Offered, they offered me a contract. So I go, I'm driving down there one day and I got down there and I just thought, what the hell am I doing? And I've gone to see Mark McGee. So look, after look, I, I can't sign the contract. He said, what are you talking about? To be fair, mate, I had a bad contract. So what are you talking about? I said, look, I just don't, I, I, I can't just take the money for the sake of taking the money. If I'm coming down here, I want to make sure that I contribute something because you're putting yourself on the line to bring me down here. And if I, if I don't do what I think you want me to do and I can do, I mean, I just can't do it. And he's like, flipping out. Normally I get people coming in demanding more money. And so I've got someone coming in saying they don't want the contract. And it wasn't the case of not wanting the contract. I, was, I, I just didn't think I would do do it justice, and I didn't think that I. I mean, I just couldn't do. It. I just couldn't take it for the sake of taking it. Because of your back, because you weren't. No, because no, then, then I was, I was sick as. I just, I just, I, I just didn't think that I would do it justice by getting a contract for a year. He's putting himself on the line to get me in to get me going, and. I, I don't know, I just, and the, the travel was, I mean, the travel was hard work, it's four hours a day going there and back, um, so that, that, that did have a, a, a little say in it, but I just didn't think I could do it justice, and I, I mean, I said, look, go and get someone else, go and get someone that hopefully would, would contribute more than maybe what I would do, so it wasn't that I didn't want to, I just felt that, I mean, this, this the travelling and the training at 35, 36, um, I just wasn't wasn't able to do it. Um, you just strike me as, as a kind of a hundred percent or nothing guy. So you, you, exactly. If you couldn't be hundred percent, you couldn't. You couldn't. Exactly. You didn't and I didn't want you. another season. Yeah, I didn't want another season where I just played ten games because in theory it's a decent contract and 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 really go go and get go and get someone else. So that's when I luckily and I've come back to Eastleigh. Dozzy was at Eastleigh, the manager. So I went in there to play coach. Um, but then, yeah. obviously, the coaching career just went up from there. I mean, when you, I mean, you, you've had a lot of coaching experience. And, and playing sort of non-league when you've been a pro and everyone thinks, oh, he's been a pro. Is that tricky? Is it that people are trying to do you all the time? Well, it is if you you have that mentality. I don't think people understand how good the standard is in non-league. Um, yeah, I mean, the standard is good. So it tells you the percentages of making it as a professional and obviously being a semi-professional. You know I mean, they're, they're, they're small margins. Um, and what I did find out was the standard is bloody good. Um, and uh, not that it surprised me, but I suddenly thought, flipping now this is decent, this. Um, and then, obviously, EC, they were, I mean, really professional, and Dozzy was trying to make it, um, as, as, you, as you've seen with now, going up to Sutton, that, that he, he's got a... Um, a plan of where he wants to get to. So EC were a, a really, a really good club for me to start, and it was a good learning for me with Dawes 
about finding finding my career in, in coaching and, and, and moving on to your, your next stage in your life. Mate, mate, I, I never look back. It sounds fucking stupid. People come up to me and say, oh, remember this and remember that. And no, I ain't got a fucking clue, mate. So the things that we just spoke about, mate, has been, I mean, it's, like, I still speak, like we got the X-Saints WhatsApp, so Glenn Cockrell and, and everyone. We get out and play some games and, and, and try and keep in contact. Because in football, that's what happens. Or in life in general, when people move on, they tend to move on. So it's nice to keep in contact with the rest of the boys and that and have some friendly games and you just get abused all the time, which, which brings you back to your playing days, what it was like when I started. <laughs>